Hey, beautiful souls, are you a student on the cusp of your counseling journey or maybe even a seasoned professional working for somebody else but dreaming of launching your very own private practice? If so, I would love for you to join my incredible coaching membership today. It's tailor-made for therapists just like you, offering step-by-step support 24-7 because you know what, we're in this together. Plus, I've even got courses and CPD trainings included to help fuel your growth. I know, I love it so much and I hope you do too. Discover the path to your dream private practice your way dive into the supportive community and get some quick guidance, accountability and real connections. It's your business and I've got your back. So join me now and make your dreams a reality. Head over to my website today. The link is in the show notes and the membership is called Private Practice 101. I'll see you there. Bye. Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course, increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. It's so lovely to have you here. If you can hear some scuffling, it is just you know who, my four-pawed, my four-legged little friend. Um, He's up, he's awake, everybody, he's awake. He's been and had lunch, chicken and rice, and he's been outside and we got rained on and we got swooped by the Indian miners and now we're back inside recording for you, but um, he's gyrating on his new little teddy. So yeah, there's been plenty of that action lately. I don't know why. Apparently it's just part of his little development. Totally fine. It is somewhat distracting while I'm trying to talk to you, but I've got my back turned. (laughs) So, yeah, okay, you know how we believe that we're always being guided in the right direction, that we're always on the right path, even though our reality might lo- might not always look like it is. So what happened to me was a few days ago, a few days ago, something happened and it made me really anxious. And when I get anxious, I... I find it hard to describe, but like, I just feel like this sensation in my chest, you know, around my heart space. And I feel nervous and wobbly and shaky and all all the things. Anyway, so it really affected me, threw me for a curveball, threw me for a loop. And then I was thinking, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? And, uh, well, I don't even know how it happens actually, but you know how you can be experiencing something or thinking about something and then you kind of see related stuff on your social media. (laughs) That's what happened. So I saw related stuff on my social media and I continued to see all this stuff coming up in my feed about money. And I thought, okay, um, this is the universe giving me a sign here. Maybe I do need to work on my money mindset. So Anyway, I did a program that went for a few days, I think it was four or five days, 
I'm a money mindset. And to be honest with you, I went into it sort of, I don't know, I, I don't know the right word to say, like I didn't go into it with full enthusiasm and being fully open-minded or anything like that. I thought I know a lot about money mindset, so I'm probably not going to learn anything. That was my attitude, um, which is not great, but I'm being totally transparent with you. And um, anyway, so I was just kind of, yeah, indifferent about it, I guess you could say. Anyway, I'm there and I'm in the lounge room and it's the weekend and I thought I'm just going to screencast this training onto the TV in the lounge room, get my doona, get my hot chocolate. Well, actually, that's a lie. I'm not drinking hot chocolate. I'm drinking um, T2 at the moment and I'm going through it like you wouldn't believe. The one I'm on at the moment is called Toasty Warm really delicious I do recommend it um, and there was one that I got from a tea shop in Chadston and it was gingerbread flavored and that was amazing as well because I finished all my teas now from when I was sick they all helped so much so now I'm just getting to enjoy flavored tea so anyway I just wanted to like you know settle in and I wanted to be productive with my time so I thought yeah I will watch one of those training videos well I watched one of the training videos and Oh my goodness me, I learned so much. And then I wanted to watch another one of them. So I did. I watched uh, another one. I wasn't watching them in order, but I probably should have. And anyway, the lady on there was talking about all these things to do with money that I hadn't really heard of before. So it made me sit up and listen and pay attention. And, you know, I got out my exercise book and my pen and I started doing all of the activities and I kind of hit a wall and um, uh, I don't know, this was so huge. It was so huge because after this, and I'll tell you in a minute, but after it, I just kind of like, I don't know, the next day I had zero energy and then anyway, something happened after that. But what it was, was she was asking about, you know, how do you feel when you have money stress or, or money duress? And you had to like tune into how it feels in your body. And then um, she was like, when was the first time that you felt like this? Or like, this is a familiar feeling. When was the first time that you felt like this? And I had to pause it because I couldn't bring anything to mind. And then I unpaused the training and she went on to say that, you know, it'll be a, a time in your childhood that you had some issue with this money. So I paused it again and I was thinking about my childhood and as you know, if you've been listening for a while, like um, my family, we grew up below the poverty line. Um, but to me, that was normal. Like I didn't ever feel traumatized around that. Um, it was just what was normal for me and, and my family. So it was never like we had a lot of money and lost it or anything. It was just always we were in poverty. Um, and always we were okay, like always we managed because there were some really good charities around us, like the Brotherhood of St. Lawrence. That was the one that we relied upon the most for things like furniture and clothing and milk and bread and, you know, essentials, your toilet paper and everything. That's where we were going for all of that. So I was thinking, well, you know, compared to everybody else, that's probably a bit rough. So maybe it was that, but when I went back into the memory of lining up to get those handouts and those donations, sorry, if you can hear squeaking, it's Buddy in the background. He's got his little toy. Um, yeah, 
I didn't feel anything in my body. So that told me that I was reaching and that this wasn't actually the memory of anything, you know, significantly bad happened to me with money when I was little. Anyway, it bugged me because I really wanted to do this money work, but I felt like I couldn't proceed until I had identified this memory from my childhood around money. So I kept thinking about it and thinking about it, thinking about it as you do. And then two days later, I just suddenly remembered something that happened to me when I was in primary school. Now, I guess I would have been, I, I, I think maybe I was in grade four. So I don't know how old you are in grade four, but I was in yeah grade four. And we had a thing at our school called the 40 hour famine. So I don't know if you know this or if you did it as well. If you're my age, you probably did. You know, you've got to eat all the barley sugar and no food for 40 hours. And it sounds really fun at the beginning, but then it's really hard when you're a kid. Anyway, and you've got to run around. You've got to get sponsors to sponsor you for this 40 hour famine. So um, I was such a goody two shoes when I was in primary school. Like I loved doing homework. I loved having the neatest, um, you know, worksheets. I really loved getting gold stars. I was like a high achiever. I just loved school so much. And so when this opportunity came along, there were prizes for the students that raised the most money for the 40-hour famine. So, of course, I wanted to be one of those students that got a prize. So I took it really seriously and um, I went door knocking in my neighbourhood, you know, (laughs) bothered all of my next door neighbours. And I wasn't really allowed to cross the street when I was little, so I was restricted in what I could um, earn by the number of houses there were on my block so I literally just walked around the block asking people to sponsor me and so they filled out you know everyone fill out the little book and they give me the money and my mum gave me a handbag and it was like my very first handbag and I was so proud of it it was sort of a tan color and it was from the 70s and I had this big wooden button closure on it And I felt like I was, you know, it in the biscuit. Like I was just walking around with my little handbag thinking I was wonderful. And it was filling up with coins and $1 notes and $2 notes and $5 notes. And um, I was just loving it. And so every day after school, I would go out. And I would circle back, (laughs) bother my neighbours and ask them if they wanted to donate any more and stuff like that. I think some of them, um, you know, really love my tenacity and will give me an extra dollar or something or an extra 20 cents. And it felt like a lot to me and I was so happy. And I used to come home after that and I would um, put my handbag in my wardrobe. I'd hang it up on its very own coat hanger in my wardrobe and, you know, I would kiss my hand and then I would press my hand against the um, front of my handbag, you know, because I loved it so much. And I'd close my wardrobe door and I just kept doing this, right? Anyway, the day came where we had to take the money to school and we had to take the little booklet of, you know, who was sponsoring for how much and all of this. And I was so excited and I remembered walking to school and I had the handbag in my school bag 
And then I couldn't wait. I was hoping at the start of the day that my teacher was going to ask everybody to bring up their money. Um, but it felt like forever before she did ask us. I think it might have been like near recess, um, morning recess when she did. And so anyway, hi, buddy. And um, anyway, so she asks and I'm so excited and I'm so smug about it. Right, I'm really proud of myself. I know I've got it in the bag, so to speak, that I'm going to win this prize for um, the raising the most money like because I worked so hard at it so I carefully you know like I don't know how you'd even describe it but I just so carefully got the handbag out of my school bag and I slowly deliberately carefully walked it all the way up to the front of my classroom and I put it on my teacher's table and she ticked my name off as having you know given in the money and everything and um, then we all went out to play and then when we came back inside I was really excited because my principal was in my classroom with my teacher and I thought oh my gosh it's happening I'm gonna get like a certificate or I'm gonna get um, he had these stickers called golden handshake awards I thought oh, I'm gonna get a golden handshake award like I was so excited and I was sitting there with my hands clasped together and my back all straight hang on one second I've just got to put buddy in his crate one second said I don't know sir like I don't know whether where the money is now you have to remember corporal punishment was in when I was at primary school so I was also worried that I was going to have to bend over and get the ruler so this happened a lot at my school when I was there so there was this fear in my mind of the anticipation of what was potentially coming I was already feeling humiliated I was embarrassed I was feeling shame I was so confused I couldn't think like I just had like my my head was spinning and then he and my teacher go on to say that I've taken the money and they want the money back and what have I done with it and all of this kind of stuff and then in front of everybody this is so like even just sharing it with you now makes me you know I like emotional but um they were saying to me like do I know what a thief is and all this kind of thing and uh, I just it came so left of field I had no idea that any of this was was going to come anyway I felt like I needed to go to the toilet I thought I was going to wet myself in front of everybody I was that I was that upset and taken aback and couldn't believe it and so in shock and everything and then I just froze like I couldn't answer their questions anymore um, and then I was told to go back to my seat and then when it was lunchtime it was really horrible because all the kids in my class started calling me a thief and stuff like this and uh, anyway later on when, when I say later on I mean like months years later found out who took it it was a member of my family and one of my siblings took that money um but it really affected me and as I said like even now thinking about that experience um 
from the perspective of that little girl who was in grade four at the time it was very very well I, I know this probably isn't the right word to say and I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone who's had trauma but I feel like it was traumatic for me at that time and anyway I think that this all came back to me because I was trying to think about you know well I don't think I've ever had a problem with money when I was little you know I grew up in poverty that was okay like it was never a a huge thing for me I never really cared about it so much but then when this memory popped back into my mind that I hadn't thought about for you know like I'm 49 now I haven't thought about this memory for eons it was like it was happening to me all over again and it felt exactly the same as what I'd felt a few days ago when my money had been threatened. Anyway, so I felt like remembering this, I felt like, okay, now I've pinpointed it. Like now I can, now I can work with this. Now I can unlock it. So I went back to the training and the next thing that I needed to do was um, she was saying, yeah, so just find, you know, whatever you were thinking at the time and come up with another thought that is more supportive. But I had struggled with that because, um, she, she, sorry, she was like, come up with a new belief that's more supportive, something that, you know, you can really believe. And I thought, well, I really believe how I was feeling back then when all of that happened. So I don't know how I'm meant to come up with a new belief now when what I believed back then was my reality and that was true for me back then. I don't know what I could believe right now. So I was was feeling stuck again doing this money mindset work. I was feeling so stuck again. And then she made some suggestions and she was, you know, the suggestions that she was saying were frustrating me because I didn't feel like they work for me. So she was saying things like, I'm safe. And I thought, but I'm not. Like when I experience fear around my money or like there's an experience around my money and stuff like this um I feel fear so saying to myself I'm safe that's not going to work for me um and anyway so that's just an example of one of the things that she was suggesting so then anyway I was thinking about it and I was journaling and I was asking for guidance you know from source the universe and the holy spirit and doing all of that and nothing came through immediately but I just trusted that something would and then the next day I remembered something that I always say to my friends and my family and um, it's about my family in fact it's about the women in my family and I say that we are resourceful if nothing else the women in my family are resourceful we've had to be resourceful um But anyway, and I feel like, you know, replacing the thoughts of "Mm, someone's going to take my money. I always get blindsided with my money. Um, You know, whenever I have surplus money, someone takes it, um, it it goes, you know, all, all of that. Like I get blindsided by strange and weird bills, you know, coming through or whatever. Instead of thinking those things. I can think to myself, you know, I'm resourceful. And actually that thought helps me calm down because I believe 
100% that I am and I know that I am and I know that I've got myself out of financial pickles in the past and I'll always be able to get myself out of financial pickles. So just thinking about that really helped but I have to say after doing some of this and I'm not finished yet obviously there's a lot of inner work to do and there's a lot of processes around it and stuff like that but I'm just sharing with you a snippet of what I've been working on um, over the last week it also um, it was very draining like the next day I had no energy I really just wanted to sleep so I'd had the realization of you know where my money trauma came from in childhood I'd had that realization all that had been resurfaced and then I was trying to process it as well and then the next day I was just yeah I could barely stay awake I could barely Um, drag myself from room to room I still had to walk buddy you know three times a day and it was just like all I could do to do that and I just wanted to nap and I wanted to sleep I didn't but that's how I was feeling I just felt so depleted and so drained but then I know that when you have big emotional releases and um, experiences that that's how you can feel so I kind of also understood the reason that I was feeling so drained and then yesterday I was telling my mum about all of this and um, yeah there was just more release so it's been like a super big week and then on top of that I saw like a bunch of coaching clients this week which was just super lovely but nearly all of them uh, were talking about their own money stories as well and I, I really wanted to share mine, but I couldn't because I was still like in the midst of it. And uh, anyway, so I thought today what I might do is kind of share with you some insights around money mindset because I want you to know that you're not alone, number one. I want you to know that you're always going to be working on your money mindset most probably. Um, or for many of us, it's going to ebb and flow. And also I think there are other leaders in private practice coaching that just don't talk about money mindset in a deeper way. Like, you know, I was reading one lady's book and she was just kind of saying, you should go and speak to a psychologist about your money mindset. And I thought, oh my Lord, no, like (laughs) I don't need CBT for my money mindset. I need to do this deeper work. I need to, um, yeah, understand like the layering and stuff like that and also understanding ancestral patterns with money as well has been super helpful so I'll tell you a little bit about that in case it makes sense for you but you know you may have had trauma like I did you know I didn't realize it until recently but it's possible perhaps something happened um, in your background as well perhaps when you were a little one or perhaps when you were a teenager or something perhaps there was some some experience that you had that caused you to be really anxious or to have some acute response to a situation around money um It might be worthwhile thinking about that. But anyway, so there are traumas, there are big traumas, there are little traumas, but there are also, you know, ancestral traumas and then there are um, community-based traumas. So community-based traumas are kind of like, you know, things that we've seen on the news lately around, you know, the the political stuff that's happening in the Middle East, Um, you know, 
if any of that resonated with you, it may be because, you know, what happens is in your body, it feels like what's happening on the TV is happening to you in a way. Like we kind of, in a way, empathize, feel, sense the pain of another. And that's because, you know, there isn't any separation. Well, I don't believe there is anyway. Like if you understand the universal laws and you're working with them, you'll understand about the law of separation and, um, you know, that stands that you know in some way energetically um, out there in the quantum field we're perhaps all connected so that's what that is but um, you know for me I was thinking about ancestral trauma and I was trying to relate that to money and I was thinking about um, what that could look like so the idea is that you know whatever happens to us gets passed whatever happens to us gets passed on down the line in terms of our dna and our imprinting to later generations so i was trying to think about mine but it was difficult because um my family trees all over the place we've got adoptions and stuff like that so it was pretty difficult to try and think about but um i did understand that on my father's side he was an immigrant and this was really interesting because um, a lady had reached out to me quite randomly and she was an intuitive medium and um, she'd said that she wanted to, you know, help me, you know, try and unlock what could be going on with my money mindset and everything. And she's also a pastor and she said, would it be okay? And I said, yeah, of course. And then she came back to me like a few hours later and she'd sent me this whole message on Instagram. And basically she'd said that she wanted me to find out about like a money in my family, like for my, not only my parents, but like my grandparents and great grandparents, etc., etc., and stuff like that. Because she was picking up that there was, um, a lineage in my family of money struggles and she consistently kept getting shown um, big heavy wooden rope wooden big heavy woven ropes like really big thick ones ones that you'd see on a ship and she kept getting shown great big ships and she saw a number of these and she said it was something related to migration and something related to the navy and something related to struggling financially and anyway so yeah I said thank you like none of that meant anything to me I was kind of dismissive about it I was thankful that she'd gone to the effort but it didn't really make sense to me and, and to be honest with you a lot of the time mediums and you know stuff like that reach out and they want to give me readings and stuff and it's just random and I don't know there are charlatans out there so I was just not really giving it much and then I mentioned it to mum and then she went away and thought about it and came back and she said actually after our conversation I went back and started doing some research of my own and guess what on your father's side like seven generations of immigrants um, all in the Navy and all of them were struggling with money and those weren't her words but that was the upshot so then I like I understood and I thought okay so that's been sort of passed on it's been imprinted in my DNA to me okay great well how do I fix this what like what's my next step like what do you do with that information once you've got it I guess it allows you to break a um, pattern. It allows you to break a cycle. 
But it's pretty hard to do that when you don't know what the other part of the equation looks like. Like what's the opposite to struggling with money? Well, that would be being very comfortable with money and um, having a surplus of it, having plenty, you know, all this kind of stuff. So um, and because of the way I view money, you know, we I've spoken to you about this as well. Like we've got the thermostat and you can listen to a previous episode I've mentioned it a couple of times, but um, for those of you who are new, I'll just say it quickly, but we've got like um, a financial thermostat. So think about the thermostat in your house. Maybe you've got it set to 21. Um, anytime the temperature gets higher than 21, the thermostat um, registers that and the air conditioning comes on to bring the temperature back down. Anytime the temperature falls below 21, it's registered by the thermostat, which then kicks in um, or activates the heater to bring the temperature up to 21. So same happens with your finances, um, or as goes the theory anyway, that you've got a financial set point, a thermostat. And so you might find that your savings or your um, the money you make in your practice each week or something like that always hovers around this certain number from time to time you'll have more money coming in and feel great but you'll spend it really quickly um, or if it's if your money's low and you've got bills to pay you'll find a way to pay the bills the money will come back up um, anyway your thermostat is related to your subconscious right so by definition, obviously, you're not aware of what's going on in your subconscious mind. So you think you're making conscious and intentional choices about your money, but perhaps you're actually really not because consciousness is only the tip of the iceberg, remember? Um, it's like what's below the surface. That's the the big um, thing that's guiding all of your behaviors and that's your subconscious mind. So if your subconscious mind says, which is connected to your nervous system, says, okay, well, um, in order for Brooklyn to feel safe, you know, she needs to have this thermostat. And that thermostat is determined by, you know, experiences that happened to you when you were younger, when you were growing up. So what happened for me was my thermostat was set when I had that experience in primary school in grade four that I just shared with you. And my thermostat isn't a figure. My thermostat is more a feeling of like whenever, you know, there's profit or whenever there's surplus or whenever there's, you know, whatever it is, um, that feels unsafe because I've associated that in my mind with um, people taking things from me, with me being blindsided, with money, with bad things happening with me feeling shame, humiliation, guilt and stuff like that. So to keep me nice and safe, my subconscious mind has been saying, well, we're not going to give her any surplus. We're, we're not going to um, give her any profit. We're just going to like keep her, you know, just sort of head above water type thing. So it didn't matter how much money I was making on paper. The more I'd make, the more money would go out because that was how my subconscious had been functioning, how I'd been programming everything. So I could make hundred thousand, I could make five hundred thousand, I could make seven hundred thousand, what whatever number you like, but I would spend, you know, 
101,000 <laughs> or I would spend 201,000 or 501,000. So do you know what I mean? So although the money looks like it's going up, it's all always expenses are matching it. So you never feel like you're getting anywhere. Anyway, and it's all linked to, you know, like your nervous system and, um, what gets imprinted when when you're young so anyway I'm just sharing that with you because it might be worthwhile for you to just hear my story because I don't know it might inspire you to do some of your own money mindset work but also maybe think about some of the things I've been doing that perhaps you can do as well that might help you to unlock yours um so this episode today is just a little bit more in depth than some of the other ones like other people will say if you've got issues around your money you should go and speak to a financial planner or you should go and speak to a psychologist about it or something like that or you should do a meditation or you should do a hypnosis but um and all those things are fine but I think from time to time um life gives you an opportunity to actually dive deeper and if you're willing to do that deeper work you can create changes for yourself and that's where I'm at now and it's scary and it's exciting it's exhausting (laughs) it's very draining Um, it makes me tired and sleepy and all those things but at the same time I've never felt more hope Um, I feel energized at the same time as feeling drained And I'm excited for, you know, the possibility of what could be. So this is where I'm at. So, yeah, those were some some of the things that I've been working on, like trying to identify was there a trauma or not around my money. You might like to, you know, start thinking about that as well. Like if you have a reaction, if I say to you, you know, increase your fees, um, if I say to you, you know, chase that debt, like how are you going to, you know, follow up that invoice? If things happen for you around that, like, you know, your mind is like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. That's not fair. That's mean. That's I don't want to take from somebody else because then they won't have enough or all those things we tell ourselves. Um, but also notice. So, yeah, notice your self-talk. Notice what's going on in your body. Um, like when somebody like me says to you, um, you know are you going to process that payment or are you going to raise your fees and stuff like that like where do you feel it in your body when you feel nervous about it like I don't know do you seize do you does your heart race do you get hot do you sweat like what are the things and then maybe if you want to this could be an invitation for you just to explore for yourself in your journal like when was the first time you felt like this around your money and if you can't think of it, like I couldn't think of anything initially either, don't worry because when the time's right for you, maybe you're going to be shown like what happened. And that's a good thing when that happens because it's that awareness that then allows you to do the work, which then allows you to create change. And I want that for you. I want you to be able to experience money in a different way I don't want you to be afraid of it I don't want you to be afraid of having it I don't want you to be afraid of not having it I just want you to um, be comfortable in whatever way works for you around it and not have the anxiety because 
you know, when you're stuck with your money, when you're feeling uncomfortable or nervous or trapped around it, you're going to get more situations that make you feel nervous and uncomfortable and trapped around it, right? That's law of attraction. That's how it works. But there's so much money to go around. The problem is with distribution, but generally speaking, there's more than enough to go around. There's heaps of books that even attest to the fact that there's more than enough to go around. Um, It's not a matter of if you take money off a client then something bad's gonna happen no um there's more than enough like there's no financial scarcity or anything like that um and the other thing too is some of the ladies I was talking to this week were sharing with me that they were nervous about making money because what would they do with it and so I was sort of sharing with them that um it's again research shows that when women make money they tend to invest that money in different ways usually into health education um, community and philanthropy so it's okay for you to make money if you make money as a woman with your private practice more likely than not you're going to reinvest it back into your health and wellness business or your education which also comes under your business I guess um you'll do more for your community with it and you can do you know more things around the idea of philanthropy so you could do free sessions for people you could run a free workshop you could give away a scholarship you could give away a place in your course all those kinds of things can be possible so it's totally safe for you to make money in your practice and when you make money in your practice you can give more to your clients and you can help more people and I know so many of you that's your big driving factor you want to be of service and you want to be helping imagine how many more people you could be helping if you had the funds behind you and you didn't have to stress about filling your diary right and imagine what you could be doing like if money wasn't um a problem for you you had surplus money and more more than enough you had so much money that you could do whatever you wanted to give back to your community and to give back to your clients what would you be doing you know it's amazing when you think about that um but yeah and I think too just another point of view and I have mentioned this one before as well is that I think when we allow our money mindset to get in the way of our business it's our business and it's our clients that suffer we're bringing our own stories onto the business I think your fee has very little to do with you or your story has very little to do with your clients and theirs, but it has everything to do with your business and what your business needs from you. So really even thinking about it from that perspective can be so helpful. So anyway, um, that's where things are at at the moment. And that's why I was late with this podcast because I was in the midst of it all. And to be honest, I'm not out the other side yet. But I wanted to share with you with full disclosure and transparency um, what's going on so that you can see I'm doing the work too, just like you. (laughs) Um, We're all doing the work basically. (laughs) And um, yeah, you're not alone and everybody's at different stages with their their money mindset, you know. Um, I want to honour you for where you are in your journey. I want to say that you're doing so well and you're exactly where you need to be. If you need to, you know, if you don't have money mindset issues and 
you're thinking, you know, how am I going to make extra money in my practice? Then for you, that's going to be around business strategy. If your mindset is great and you're ready to receive and you can build profit and you understand about wealth creation and maintenance and things like that, then for you, it's going to be around focusing on strategy, business strategy. If you need help with that, let me know. But for those of you who are struggling with mindset, um, of course, let me know as well, because I'm happy to support you um, and share with you my knowledge. I have also enrolled in like a high level mastermind course thing around money mindset because I want to stay abreast of all the leading edge information on it so that I can share that knowledge with you. Um, so that you can have freedom in your practice, right? Without having drama and stress around dollars and cents. So over the next, I think that goes for like, I don't know, three or four months or something like that. So um, for those of you who are in PP 101, start your private practice. And for my um, supervision, mentoring and coaching clients, if you're interested in learning more about your money mindset, just remind me and I'll be able to share with you um, any of the new information um, that I'm learning as part of my upskilling around this. So, yeah, I'm so excited. Like it's it's really exciting Like to just feel like layers are getting peeled away that you didn't even know were there. It's like it's weird and Oh, it's kind of liberating at the same time and yeah I don't know what's on the other side and but I'm kind of excited about it too and in fact you know it was really interesting because um, I've spent this morning working on Facebook ads so you know I just like went right back to basics with Facebook ads um, started like scrapped everything started right from the beginning um, redid everything I saw so many um, new things in Meta that I'm really excited to have a play around with and um, I set them all up and so I'm really really excited to go and um, listen to them and watch them and, and read them and see what happens with them over the course of the next three to seven days with those Facebook ads just see what happens it's going to be so cool so yeah anyway so excited now and I just had to share all of this with you because it feels like big stuff and yeah and as I said I wanted you to see that we're all doing the work at the moment it's not only you um, if you're not doing any work on your money mindset that's okay maybe you don't need to be um, but if you are you know you're not alone and there is support and if you need any help of course reach out all right have a prosperous day do you like that? Have a prosperous day and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening today. Bye. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.